0: Welcome to the Karate Shrimp Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina Bleem. Join me in exploring all the ways we can perform better in life and martial arts. What kind of coaching or teaching style works best in martial arts for both the instructor as well as the student? I'm going to compare two different types of coaching in this talk and talk about which one is more effective and why. And for this, I will be using coach and teacher as synonymous terms. So the first style of teacher is one we're all familiar with. We've all had a teacher like this. I think almost every teacher, instructor, and coach I have ever had has been like this first one, except for a very, very small number that really stood out to me. So this is the old school style of teacher that we all grew up with. Most people's teachers were like this. Most people's parents were like this. Here's what it looks like. The role they take on is that of expert and person in charge. Do what I say because I said so. Do it because I said so, okay? So they put themselves above their students as experts. And there's a clear power dynamic and everyone is aware of it and you know in a dojo of course there already is a hierarchy we're aware of this with different ranks but in this case with this style of instructor they make you aware of that power structure all the time okay so i think a lot of people teach like this because this is how we were taught And I think many people do it to feel more confident. So you think of it, if you're a brand new karate instructor, you've never taught a class before, and you're feeling naturally insecure, an effective way to hide this is to present yourself as an expert. Because if you do, no one's going to doubt your knowledge or experience. Whatever the reason, it's a more dogmatic style of teaching, and it's not bad intentioned, but it's just not totally effective. Don't get me wrong though, there are some students who respond really well to this type of teacher or coach and they actually prefer it and it works for them. It really motivates them to to push harder in class. Um, And these teachers do mean well. I think, you know, they're passionate about what they do. They're passionate about teaching and they want to share their, you know, knowledge and experience with their students. But like I said, for many of us, it is not the most effective teaching style. So let's use a martial arts dojo as an example. Uh, So in this dojo, the martial arts instructor has uh, a very clear power dynamic with the students, with them at the top. They make it clear all the time that they're in charge, that they're the expert and they know better than everyone on everything, and they give out orders and expect obedience. Do what I say because I said so. And some of the students in class might respond well to it, And the instructor will probably see these students as the good students. These are the star students. These are the instructor's favorite students, right? Because they do everything that they're told. So the instructor loves this. And then there's, you know, the other students who might be indifferent to this style of teaching. They don't really care what their teacher is like. Um, And they work hard no matter what their teacher is like. So those, they will also respond well or seem to and they work just as hard as the good students. So, you know, they seem like good students as well. But then there's students who don't like this style of teacher, who do not respond well to it, and for whom this this style of teaching does not work. So these ones, these are not the star students. These are not the class favorites. The teacher does not love (laughs) these students and they know it. And everyone else knows it too. They don't train as hard in class. You know, they don't do as well. Maybe they struggle more with certain things. And then they start feeling frustrated with, you know, the teacher harping on them. They start skipping class. Maybe they quit entirely. Okay. And on the surface, they seem to be acting lazy or unmotivated or they're just being difficult or they lack discipline, right? And the instructor feels frustrated because the instructor knows these students can do better. They have so much potential, right? If only they would apply themselves. If only they would develop self-discipline, they could do so much better. So the instructor doubles down and starts pushing them harder in class. Why don't you train harder? Why don't you practice more? Why don't you come to class more often? Why don't you practice more at home? right? Why don't you sign up for more tournaments? Why aren't you ready for your belt test yet? Like little Johnny over there. Develop some discipline. That's all it takes. Push, push, push. And those students then, of course, respond even less well to this. And the instructor gets pushback and resistance from the students. And then both parties end up feeling really frustrated. So with this style of teaching, say at a dojo, you do risk a higher rate of quitting among students and a higher rate of burnout among instructors. So you might end up with a really well-meaning instructor who loves their art and wants to share, and wants to teach, uh, and they want to see their students do well, but they can't seem to reach them. They can't seem to make a difference in these students' lives, in that type of student, their life. And they end up feeling stressed and burnt out and frustrated you know, when these students keep quitting and quitting and quitting, and there's this revolving door. So this isn't a judgment. I, I do think these coaches really mean well. They love teaching. They want to share their stuff, their knowledge, their passion, right? But they don't know how to reach these students. And what happens is they tend to see the students as the problem, right? The student is the problem. If only they would listen to me. And then there's the a totally different coaching style. And I think you, you can probably see where I'm going with this. I prefer this style of teacher. So this, you could call it student-centered teaching or coaching or athlete-centered or client-centered, depending on uh, what terms you use. So this style of teacher is equally passionate about what they do, but you'll see something different in their relationship with their students. So with this, the teacher is still the knowledgeable one, of course, clearly but they're not bent on being seen as an expert all the time. They're not bent on having power over their students. And this type of teacher will be willing to blend their knowledge and experience with their students' preferences and goals. They might be willing, more willing to ask their students questions, sometimes uncomfortable questions, and actually ask for feedback from their students, you know, so that they can become better teachers themselves. You know, these teachers are still willing to learn, right? They still see themselves as students that have a lot to learn and they want to grow as teachers and coaches. And what you'll see here is because these teachers practice more empathy, you'll see a deeper level of trust and rapport between this type of teacher and their students. And so this style of teacher will respect their students' limitations. So if a student skips a lot of class, this teacher won't bark at them for missing class. Instead, they're more likely to check in with their students and see how they're doing. This coach might push their students just as hard as the other other style of coach, but they understand and respect that what's going on outside the dojo in their students' lives is affecting them. It does play a role. And they're willing to work with their students where they're at right now, rather than just saying, do this because I said so, right? Even if it doesn't work for that student. So for example, if a student is scared of sparring, a coach-centered coach might say, hey, you need to just get in there and face your fear. Spar no matter what, like suck it up. Johnny over there is sparring. You can do it too. Just get in there and do it. Okay, just overcome your fear. Whereas a student-centered teacher might say, hey, you seem to have a lot of anxiety around this right now. How about we come up with some other activities, maybe some sparring drills or something on your own or with a partner, just until you get more comfortable with it and we can work towards you feeling less anxious. If a student keeps missing class, a coach-centered coach might say, you just need to come to class more, be more disciplined. Whereas a student-centered coach will say, hey, is everything okay with you? Is there anything I can do to help so you can get to class more often? There's a shift in focus with this dynamic. With the first, the teacher is clearly at the top of a hierarchy and makes sure that everyone knows about it all the time. With the second, the teacher is more of a guide on the side. They're still the knowledgeable one, but they don't put themselves on a pedestal. And this second style uh, addresses what is missing with the first style, which is basically that if we are too concerned as coach with looking like an expert, with looking smart and having all the answers, with maintaining authority and maintaining that power dynamic, then we're not thinking enough about what our students need. And we end up missing out on all those subtle details and pieces of information from our students that could actually help us reach them better and teach them better. So we're missing out on what those students already know about their own bodies. We're missing out on what our students' real challenges are and what their preferences are, what their goals are, what their priorities are, and what really inspires them. Martial arts instructors might be the experts in their particular martial art, but the students are the experts on their whole lives. So if you or I or anyone wants to be the best coach or teacher we can be, uh, we would do well to try and integrate our knowledge and expertise with, you know, that of our students, right? And blend our expertise together. And if we take this approach where we honor and respect that they are the experts on their own lives, we will see our students' dignity increase. We will see their self-determination and self-efficacy increase. And we'll start to see results that are much more sustainable. This is collaboration, and it's a win-win for both instructor and student. And it does require empathy, and it requires really listening to our students and athletes, and these are skills that might be difficult for some coaches if they're not used to teaching in this way, but by focusing much more on the students than on our own expertise, we'll start to unlock some insights. Our students will start to relax and open up to us more and share more with us. Rather than a teacher who who barks at you every time you're late or miss class because of something going on in your life, You're more willing to share the stress you're under with the second type of teacher. That type of teacher will learn more personal information and the students will gain more clarity in their own goals and thinking, okay? And they'll start to engage in what's called change talk rather than sustained talk. And change talk is the kind of talk that shows that we're willing to change, we're ready to change. Sustained talk is when we're like, I don't think I can do that. I don't know if I can do it, okay? So they start to talk in a way that shows they're ready and willing to change rather than showing resistance in the way they're talking. And what will happen, and this is the awesome part, students will start to solve their own problems. And this is really important, right? Think about it from a student's point of view. A coach-centered instructor who makes you feel bad or defensive for skipping practice, or class, or for not signing up for a tournament. Maybe your life is really overwhelming and stressful right now, and you just can't do it. And you're doing the best you can, right? Um, And your coach is starting to feel frustrated, because they really do want you to do better. They know you can do better. They want to see you succeed and uh, perform better. So they think they just need to push you more. They just need to get on you, to train harder, push harder, show up more. But what happens is your instructor isn't really listening, isn't really seeing you, and isn't meeting you where you are right now. Where you are right now is your life is stressful. You're doing the best you can, you're struggling though, and your instructor isn't seeing that. It's just like, no, 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 come towards me, come come over here where I want you to be, right? They're not meeting you where you are. So what happens is their passion for martial arts is unintentionally pushing you further away from your goals, you as student. And it's actually talking you out of change. And we lose people's trust when we do this, when we teach like this. So let's do a little role play now. So you are the student, and I'm the instructor. And you're feeling overwhelmed. You haven't been coming to class lately. And uh, I'm going to have a conversation with you. So as I talk, Just pay attention to how you feel, okay, and to your body language, what happens to your body when I say different things. So for the first style, um, I'll just say, hey, you haven't been to class very often, or you haven't been showing up, and you respond with something like, well, I'm feeling really overwhelmed, life is crazy right now. Okay, so the first type, coach-centered. Well, you just need to try harder, like martial arts is a priority, You need to make it a priority and you need to buckle down and work harder. You need discipline. Look at Johnny over there. Johnny has won every single tournament because he shows up to class all the time. Don't you want to be like Johnny? (laughs) Do You want to be like little Johnny? He's the best there is. And if he can do it, you can do it too. Okay, so how do you feel when I talk to you like this? Do you start to shrink back? and feel a little defensive? You do, right? You do because it's an attack. I'm attacking you, okay? And do you feel like continuing this conversation with me? Probably not. You probably feel like just running away, leaving the room. It's a totally dead-end conversation. So now the second one. So I am a student-centered teacher, and I've said to you, hey, you haven't been to class, and you say, yeah, I'm really stressed out right now, lots going on, So now here's how I respond. Oh, wow. Well, it sounds like your life is really, really overwhelming right now. Is there anything I can do to help? Okay, how do you feel (laughs) when I respond like this? You start to relax a little bit, right? And so then you might say, oh, you know, I really want to come to class more often, but I can't juggle it all right now with work and school and whatever. I just feel so overwhelmed. And then maybe I say, Huh, I can see how difficult it is for you to juggle all of that. Hey, maybe we can come up with a practice routine that you can do at home on your own time. You know, when you have time, does that work for you? How do you feel then? Pretty good, right? Okay, like I'm helping you here. So then you respond, yes, that would be great. You know, I, I, I can probably do like five to 10 minutes before work in the mornings. Okay, and then I, your, your instructors say, you know, okay, cool. Well, come talk to me after class. And we'll come up with a little routine that you can practice at home when you have time. And that way you won't get too behind and you can stay caught up with your training. So how do you feel right now? Totally different from the first one, right? Like, i am you feel like I'm actually listening to you. You feel heard. The difference here, you know, when someone, well-meaning as they are, pushes you to do something, you know, be disciplined, show up to class more. It's so simple. Just do what I say it makes you resist. You feel that your autonomy is being challenged. You feel defensive because of the way they say it. But when that person really sees you and hears you and listens to you and realizes that you're doing the best you can right now, but you know, you're struggling, but you don't know how to fix it, then they can work with you where you are right now. And they can come up with, you know, help you come up with a possible solution that is sustainable and realistic for you. And that doesn't make you feel attacked or defensive. You know, and then like that conversation might continue where then you, the student, start thinking, okay, actually, you know, I might be able to do more than five to 10 minutes at home Or you figure, you know, think actually, you know, maybe if I juggle a few things, I can come to class more, but it gets the student relaxed and thinking and problem solving on their own as well. When they feel that they're being listened to and not just pushed to do what the teacher wants. So this is really cool stuff because this is when change happens and it works really well when, you know, that coach or teacher respects that the student is the expert on their own life and they honestly do know best about what they can juggle right now. And when they feel respected, they start to relax and they start to feel more in control. And then they want to change. The student will want to do better. But when we push them and nag them and harp on them and you know, like just try and get them to do what we want, they actually resist change. That's human nature. No one likes being backed into a corner no matter how well-meaning that other person is. If your instructor, who wants so badly to help you, ends up pushing you, lecturing you, preaching, you'll end up resisting and pushing back. But if your instructor chills about it and allows for non-change, you know, for you to remain where you are without judging you for it, you will actually start to relax and become much more willing to change. So think about it like the teacher and the student are holding an elastic band, a rubber band between them. That elastic band is the level of trust between them. When the coach puts themselves way up above the student, they're pulling, at that, there's that pull on the elastic band. It gets strained and it gets weakened. That trust is going to get strained if you put yourself way above another person and say, I'm an expert on your life. I know best for you people really just want to feel heard and understood. The coach is actually in a much better position to help these people, which you know both types of teacher do want to help, right? But they're in a better position to actually help and develop trust and rapport when they stand alongside their student or athlete. You know, holding that elastic band, holding it loosely between them, supporting their student. No struggle, no pushing or pulling, no resistance. When we allow for non-change... We actually end up encouraging more change. When we push really hard for change in others, though, we end up with them pushing back and resisting. And, you know, we do need to challenge our students. And I think we as students need to be challenged. I'm not saying that we shouldn't push students or be pushed as students. Um, We shouldn't slack off or lower our standards or expectations for other people, but we can do it in a different way. Like we want to improve our performance. We want our students to improve their performance. That's really important. It absolutely is. And you know, it helps improve our health and our confidence and everything else in our life. And it improves us as people and martial artists. So we do need to be challenged as students and we need coaches who are willing to challenge us. But that relationship can and also should prioritize trust and respect, mutual respect. And it can have both. And it will be a much stronger relationship if it has both. So because when that relationship between coach and athlete, teacher and student improves, amazing things can happen. It really is a valuable, beautiful relationship, that relationship between coach and athlete, instructor and student. It's a privilege to coach or teach someone, it truly is. The privilege isn't just for the student, it's also for the teacher. And when we build up trust and rapport, we can create a safe relationship where everyone improves, where everyone grows, and where everyone gets stronger as a martial artist. Thank you for tuning in to the Karate Shrimp podcast. You can also find me on YouTube at The Karate Shrimp, as well as on my blog, www.thecarateshrimp.com. There you can find more resources as well as online courses to help you perform better in life and martial arts. Feel free to share my content with anyone you know who could benefit from it. See you next time.